and welcome to uh, this week's Bloodletting on a Blood Moon edition of Spin Cycle. And cryptic intro, his relevance will soon become clear. Uh, we are broadcasting from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Always was, always will be. Sovereignty has never been ceded. Uh, I'm Jess Lilly, and while Charlie hits the state election campaign trail and Najma does her time on the age breaking news night desk, I am thrilled to welcome a new voice to the Spin Cycle lineup. Although regular listeners to Uncommon Sense on Tuesday will be very familiar with the brilliant Rachel. Withers. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Jess. So great to have you here. Rachel is a contributing edi- editor of The Politics at The Monthly and has also written for Slate, Vox, Saturday Paper, Crikey, Guardian Australia and I'm sure more. Um, I have always been a really big fan of your chats with Amy, so it's very, very good to have you in the studio. It feels like a whole different a whole different time of day, a whole different <laughs> subject matter. It's a whole new world for me here. It's a different vibe. Don't worry. Um, it's it's kind of like Amy's is the super intelligent news, politics and current affairs show and Spin Cycle is more like, <laughs> you know, the bath time version or something, the bubble bath version. I feel like yeah, we've got some topics, some juicy, fun topics that I just consume in my free time. So it's kind of more of a, yeah, less work, more fun for me. Exactly. And don't worry, you can skate over the facts. No one cares. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, now, we will be talking a little bit about um, how Victorian state election coverage uh, is uh, well and truly shitting the bed. Um, but first, I have a question for you. Have you ever been publicly slagged off <laughs> by another reporter this week? Because it seems to be a thing. Yeah, there's so much of it going on this week, just like media organisations attacking media organisations and individual journalists <laughs> To sort of turning other journalists into the story and then themselves, themselves becoming the story. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, there's the perennial um, stalwart uh, Janet Albertson at The Australian who rears her head every now and then like a uh, returning pimple (laughs) (laughs) or something, Um, you know, having a go at some of her favourite topics, women and the ABC. Um, She got to do both at once this week. She got to do both at once. She uh, had a crack at Louise Milligan for um, apparently um, sending a whole lot of um, lawyers crying making them cry, women, lawyers, no less, um, because she was so mean when she did a talk. Um, see, I was about to say, you know how I said facts don't matter, I was just about to go at a lawyery thing. Is <laughs> <laughs> it the uh, gala dinner for the Women's Lawyers Association? There you go. There you go. Um, so you're already being a perfect Charlie, bringing the facts. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, it, it, I actually read the piece and it was kind of like suspension of disbelief for a moment. The first few paragraphs were like, well, you know, if there was any merit to this um, attack on Louise Milligan, it was reading like a, a you know, a regular kind of story until then it just suddenly veered into uncontrolled, um, venomous um uh, attack about Louise Milligan, who, of course, everyone will be familiar with for her unfounded uh, um, a- accusations against P- Christian Porter. And it's like, oh, there you go. There you go. I'll tell you what, I actually didn't make it that far in the story because <laughs> I was finding the stock standard attack over this speech she'd given that had allegedly driven, you know, professional 
grown up women lawyers to tears um, because she'd, you know, made them all feel bad. Um, I just couldn't really get much further than that. But it very quickly became apparent that um, this isn't necessarily what went down at this event. Louise Milligan took to Twitter to say this is completely inaccurate. You know, my speech was quite well received. Women came up to me and Mm. thanked me, agreed with me. And also some of these things that you've said I've said, you know, Janet Albrechtson put them in an email to me to say, did you say that? And I said no. And then she just published them without the denial at all. That's incredible, it's isn't just, it? It's the most, yeah, you know, it's really like how do you publish that in a newspaper? And then, I mean, from a from a kind of professional journalism point of view, I, I, I really appreciate what you were saying there. It was, it, it, now that you mention it, the whole ac- level of accusation was kind of about feelings, wasn't it, about hurt feelings. So what... You know, how does how do you kind of justify that piece, and what is the obligation to if you do engage the subject of your piece and they do respond saying no, that's inaccurate? You know, what is the kind of legal obligation there? Well, I mean, I think for certain newspapers, um, they decide that they've got their sort of newsy part where Mm. there are journalistic standards and then there's the opinion pages where Janet lives and she can say whatever (laughs) she likes. Um, It's really interesting what you mentioned there, though, that it was about hurt feelings and, you know, maybe someone's feelings were hurt by this speech that um, until today no one had even seen. Mm. But it's always fascinating that the Australian is the first to get upset about hurt feelings, the first to try to cancel someone, the first Mm. to, you know, jump on these issues that it, rails against, you know, snowflake culture. Mm. And then we have this piece about how Louise Milligan upset the lawyers with her nasty words. Uh, <laughs> the ac- accusation was that she was suggesting that any... The, the accusation from Janet, this is, let's be clear, this isn't, you know, I certainly haven't heard Louise or seen Louise's speech and she maintains that it was inaccurate anyway. But Janet was suggesting or that... Um, that Louise was um, trying to say that any defence of someone accused of a sexual assault or a crime is kind of anti-women or something. Yeah, I, th- I think she was trying to imply that, yeah, oh, an implication that defence lawyers who defend alleged rapists are bad women yeah, and yeah. anti-feminist. Um, and... Um, yeah, she's speaking at a women's lawyers event. She is touching on these issues that she has it, done substantial research. Absolutely, into. Um, and she has now published the speech online on her LinkedIn, oh. um, and I think it's expected to pop up in some um, media outlets as well soon. But f- all week we just sort of had this back and forth because mm. it wasn't just that one piece. It they went on and on, it, didn't they? Yeah, the more. Louise would come out on Twitter and defend herself, the more the Australian would double down. I mean, they already have it in for Louise Milligan, for the ABC in general, but especially for Louise Milligan. And so the more she said that's simply not what happened and basically because she works for the ABC, she doesn't have a platform to use the ABC to rebut Mm. because the ABC can't be used Mm. in that way. So Mm. she just takes to her Twitter and says that's not what happened and then the Australian publishes again Um, and then she says that's not true and she actually started – it all turned into a bit of, um, you know, 
it's all what people are saying that someone else quietly said to them. But Louise is saying these lawyers said they weren't defended. And actually this um, journalist who wrote one of the follow-up stories told me she was pressured by her superiors to publish this, you know, untrue story about following up on what I'd said, you know, constantly just keeping this story going all week. It's, uh, it's such a formula for the Australian, isn't it, when they choose their target? It just it plays out like this, like clockwork. And it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, because if Louise had stayed silent, it would be guilt by, you know, emission mm. in a way. And then if she defends herself publicly, it just gives them more... Yeah. You know, but, but uh, you know, I guess... Or you can... It would be so hard to sit quietly while they do that, I think, mm. especially when they do it so often. Perhaps that would have made the story go away sooner. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I guess with a lot of these things, with certain elements of the media, it's how long can you sit quietly and at what point do we, as the rest of the media, acknowledge something that's going on mm. so that we can call it out or is it best to leave it in just the News Corp stable. Um, mm. And I've got to say it also made it into Senate estimates in the end because, of course, the coalition senators jumped on <sighs> and decided to – they were they loved to interview David Anderson from the ABC. They loved to grill him in estimates and, of course, they started grilling him about Louise Milligan's social media presence and the fact that she was tweeting things that she shouldn't be tweeting and asking him to pull her into line and it just – it continued to spiral upwards and, you know. It's so brutal. It's so brutal and it's, you know, it's a, it is again playing into that just culture of misogyny in this, in this country. And I mean, you are not backwards about um, sometimes, well, saying it like it is about Murdoch publications when you think they've got things wrong. Have you ever, have they ever trained their spotlights on you or have you ever felt, because you've seen the way that they do attack people, have you ever sometimes, has it, do you get nervous? Does it have that peripheral effect that I'm sure they are hoping for where they sort of make, they do make people in the media cow a little bit about saying what they want to say, you know? Yeah, I mean, I haven't received anything like this. I think the Daily Mail referred to me as activist, Rachel Withers wrote, instead of journalist once. Oh, no. <laughs> How do you sleep um, <laughs> So, you know, nothing like this. Um, it, Yeah, I mean, I, I, you for, would... For, I just imagine, though, for women who are, you know, there are a handful of... Um, of senior women reporters in this country in television, radio and um, and print who do, um, you know, hold the powerful to account in various stories and they do get a lot of blowback. I wonder what the long-term kind of effect is in terms of how much they push or throw themselves into these stories going on, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I can't speak for Louise Milligan, but I, w- I would imagine that this would just really, it would just show you that you are getting to them, that, mm. you know, you are speaking truth to power mm. and power, which in this form, you know, it, it takes the form of Janet Albrechtson in the, uh, in the Australian, but power is, is heading back at you because, mm. um, yeah, you know, you are making an impact. And mm. what we saw was that um, after all of this made it as high as Senate estimates, the ABC actually did put out a statement. It was a very simple statement. It was just like, Louise Milligan is one of this country's best journalists mm. and here's just a list of the awards she's won. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, that was pretty big of the ABC, I think, mm. to to wade in because 
it's so much more dangerous for the ABC as the public broadcaster. Yeah. But um, they're ready with the guns yeah. They caught. put out they put out a press release mm. to say, look at how bloody awesome this woman is, um, and you know, of course, it still doesn't make it okay that this stuff happens to her. But I really hope that that. Mm. you know, is a comfort to her. I think they're going to have to do that more and more really as, <sighs> you know, I mean, they, um, it, there was recently, was it Tony Armstrong? They, they also, you know, made a public statement about, and these aren't, this isn't mm. normal at all for the ABC. Usually they just stay tight lipped and whatever support they provide their people happens behind the scenes. But given how, how the increasive divisiveness in public discourse, it might be that they do have to stand up for publicly for their people a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, well, we're certainly seeing that at the moment. Now, it pains me to say this, but Janet, Janet Albrechtson's um, sexism paled in significance <laughs> to another journalist on journalist stout today. Um, a bizarre um, bit of um, writing in a, um, a piece in the Australian Financial Review, um, which was apparently about um, the age journalists Paul Sakal's investigation or, or confrontation, I suppose, with Daniel, Daniel Andrews about IBAC, which we can go into a bit more detail about in a moment, um, turned into a really... Sorry, I can't remember who the author was. Of Aaron this. Patrick. Right, OK. And as part of this, he he's talking about um, a bunch of journalists turning up to a press conference... And he says, Sacco was joined by ABC radio presenter Raphael Epstein. And he just had to add a little bit of detail about everyone, you know. Bit of colour. Bit of colour. So Raph Epstein was one of the few journalists Andrews is friendly to. Rachel Baxendale from The Australian was uh, has long been harassed by Andrews supporters on Twitter. Julia Bradley from Sky News, which is a perennial critic of Andrews. And then this is, I quote, the ABC television's Bridget Rollison, who has shot TikTok videos to catchy music of herself going to a gym, eating breakfast and having makeup applied. The Seven Network's Chanel Vella, who has her own talent agent. Would you like what? to know something fun? I mean, that is just, it is just outrageous. I've just noticed what? they've taken those lines out so online. If you go to Chanel's Yes, Twitter. you have to look at it on Twitter. Well, but what she said is that the, she has since obviously they um, the the blowback was swift. It was uh, it was enormous and immediate. You know, you, you opened Twitter this morning, and Chanel and Bridget both called it out, um, and a range of other journalists from across many publications called it out and said this is demeaning and. It is outrageous Irrelevant. that it got in there. Yeah, you you wonder, do they have? Did a woman read this before it went online? Before it went live? Like, <laughs> did anyone read do, it? Yeah. How could any editor look at that and think, yeah, that's fine. We'll just include this completely out of the blue sideswipe of these very professional women. Yeah, women who do incredible state politics reporting. And we'll we'll give everyone else a real tag, but these women are going to be described by their use of TikTok and having a talent agent. But also, that was a very long description about the TikTok. Yeah, it wasn't even in cadence which, with the rest of the description. Which uh, Bridget, Bridget took to Twitter as well, just saying, I, I've never 
done a TikTok yeah. of myself in my gym gear. What is this? It wasn't even it? accurate, she said. Yeah. And it's just like, is that the first thing that springs into Aaron Patrick's mind when he thinks of those two journalists? Well, exactly. It's kind of creepy. And also, well, and the AFR's editor in chief, Michael Stutchbury, has. Um, responded this afternoon saying the claims about the journalists contained in Aaron Patrick's report have been deleted from the online story. The claims detract from what was an otherwise well-written piece. Um, Debatable. Uh, And the story now has this clarification. An earlier version of this online story included some detail that was not relevant or necessary. Those details have since been deleted. What is in the... It's it's the blood moon, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Just making men a bit crazy. Just making men a bit obsessed with women's TikToks. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's worth noting Aaron Patrick, the last time... I mean, it's probably not the last time, but a recent other time that his piece blew up was when he did a piece in... Um, 2021 about um, the women journalists on their crusade against Scott Morrison. Oh, he's and that he, guy. And he went after Samantha Maiden and just, you know, it started out like, look, these are the women leading the charge in the Enough is Enough reporting, um, you know, Catherine Murphy, Laura Tingle, Sam Maiden. And then it just turned into a piece about how difficult Samantha Maiden is to work with, like diving into her past. Once again, where is the editing of this? Yeah. Um, And it's interesting because the whole piece was sort of um, designed to provide support to, I guess, in a roundabout way, stablemate in terms of both being from nine newspapers, um, the age journalist Paul Sackell's investigation or confrontation, as I was saying, with Daniel Andrews over IBAC. But it is, again, to take in a piece that is really... It was really bigging up Paul's um, reporting and, and and sort of casting Daniel Andrews as a bully and also um, as kind of, um, I guess, um, refusing to comply with his investigation or, you know, I, I can't think of the word right now because it's after 7 o'clock on a Thursday <laughs> evening. <laughs> Um, but then even in that context as well, to then go and attack other female journalists, it just seems bizarre. It, it was really hard to work out why. Yeah. Other than just this is how this person thinks about mm. these women. Like why would you add that in? There's no good reason. As as the correction says, like it was irrelevant. It didn't add anything. What? what? Yeah, just He just sounds like a, a bit a of a... Have a stab, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bit of a potentially... Alleged douche canoe. <laughs> Triple R. So we did touch upon um, the IBAC coverage, um, which was uh, the thing that was lost, the point that was lost in that in that AFR piece today. Tell us a little bit about that kind of core accusation and how it's gaining steam, if it's gaining steam. Yeah, so... The whole AFR piece was sort of a how this story came about of a piece in The Age written by Paul Sakal, which is about the fact that the Premier, Daniel Andrews, is actually under investigation by IBAC, the corruption watchdog. He's been sort of uh, tangentially linked to some inquiries previously. Apparently this current inquiry is actually investigating his conduct um, it's about some grants that were promised to a union on the eve of the last election. But what has happened is 
Paul Sakal got his hand on a draft report from IBAC. Um, he put some questions to the Premier's office and then suddenly IBAC put a suppression order on anything in this draft report being published. He's a reporter for The Age. Yes. Uh, and so The Age wasn't able to get their story out um, and eventually Paul was able to cobble together a story based on just information he'd got out of other people without using this IBAC report. But now there's all this back and forth going on between Paul and the Premier in press conferences mm. about whether the Premier intervened and had IBAC come in and do a suppression order on this draft report that had been leaked to him. So there is a real story here. Um, IBAC is independent uh, that's in what theory. The I stands for, I believe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> Um, Let me look that up for you. Independent, broad-based yeah, yeah. anti-corruption commission. <laughs> yes, uh, it is. It is independent. There is talk about um, the fact that IBAC is the Victorian watchdog, and it is actually one of the more secretive ones. We're having this debate about having a federal watchdog at the moment, and how public the hearings should be, and. Um, it's such a shame because the um, some of the greatest stuff that came out of the New South Wales anti-corruption stuff were the were Gladys's, <laughs> um, you know, her, her testimony was brilliant, and some of those phone records, man, oh, I, I amazing. Would, I would like, why is it so secret? Did you you Did tweeted you? once about having a bar to watch old Ibac? No, I was it you? No, I don't. Someone think so. someone tweeted remember. something. During a Gladys hearing saying there should be a bar where we all come together and watch these <laughs> public hearings and it plays old hearings and, yeah, it's an IBAC, ICAC-themed bar. That's the yes. New South Wales one. Yeah. But you can't watch any of the IBAC ones because they're so secretive. Yeah. Um, and there's, you know, an argument we shouldn't follow that model at a federal level because it's that's, bad. It's a fair <laughs> accusation. I mean, we if you, you know, I, I, one would argue that um, to ensure politicians behave correctly and anti-corruptly, you would want everything out in the open. Transparency is key think. and truthfulness is key, honesty is key, you, you would know. Think, yeah. And we should be able, you know, especially around election time, if the... Um, if the accusations are legitimate or if this inquiry is unearthing some legitimate corruption, it just seems to be, it seems to kind of go against the point it's serving to make it so secretive. Yeah, and also if it's independent and it seems like the government potentially has some kind of influence over it, um, yeah, it's not really it's not really acting like a watchdog potentially. Mm. So um, that there is some genuine kind of reporting to be had there. Absolutely, and I think a that's what makes that AFR, you know, piece that ended up in a sexist bin fire so mm. disappointing because it was explaining something that was going on. I I actually did glean something from that story, which mm. is what's been going on and why this age story came out in the way that it did and what's been going on. Um, it's but I think the other thing about this whole story is it's, I think, a good segue into what we wanted to talk about next, which is what's been going on with the Victorian election mm. and the Herald Sun. And there is actual stuff that we could be reporting on. Clearly, mm. the age is reporting on stuff to do with the Andrews government that is worthy of scrutiny and criticism. But instead, the Murdoch media is choosing to chase sort of 
absolute wacko conspiracy theories and fan the flames of online, you know, um, alt-right forums. Well, even that tone of some of the IBAC stuff, it coverage, is just, it does feel like the teeth are gnashing for Dan Andrews as opposed to necessarily a um, desire to... um, you know, really dig into corruption generally, it's very much like we want to get this guy. We want to take him. There's there's a takedown sense around – Not I'm not talking about necessarily Paul Sakar's reporting specifically, but there is, you know, a lot of, you know, um, nine facts – I never know what the fuck to call them anymore. <laughs> Those people, they have a multiple, you know, there there are so many directions they're coming at this story. They really, you know, want this meat, this bone. It feels like this could be the, you know, everyone's looking for some smoking gun to take down Dan, Dan Andrews. Mm. The Herald Sun decided rather than actually look into any kind of legitimate, you know, um, policy, m- missteps, corruption, anything like that, Speaking of steps, they would just (laughs) (laughs) go for, well, rehash a really old story, A, and then B, the steps. But let's talk about, you had a column this week about the the car accident um, that they, they, like, brought up again last week. So Um, that's where we started with this. The the campaign actually only started last week. And then on Thursday, the Herald Sun comes out with a front page you know, family demands justice um, and it's this um, young man and his father uh, and the young man who uh, has been in the media a couple of times now because when he was a teenager in 2013, um, he was in an accident where a car being driven by Daniel Andrews' wife, Kath, uh collided with his bike um, and it was quite a serious accident. This happened in 2013 before Daniel Andrews was the Premier, he was mm. the opposition leader. And it's a story that gets dug up every few years. Um, it happened in 2017 when Andrews was the Premier and, you know, there are questions about why wasn't Kath breathalyzed and um, it has been fully investigated. It though. has, yes. And there's been statements by Ambulance oh. Victorian. I mean, it's on and on and on. The last time it came up, they actually made a public statement because they're so yeah. sick of being dragged back into this again. Daniel Andrews came out and gave a press conference and said, right, I'm going to address all the rumours, I'll answer your questions. Mm. Um, and so he's not willing to do it again. Mm. Um, basically, there seems to be some insinuation in the latest reporting that there's justice to be demanded that mm. something was done that was unjust um you know it's it's just kind of playing at this idea that is that, held in some very uh fringe elements of the community that Daniel Andrews is some kind of um secretive well i mean maybe that's a broader view what, that he's secretive but that he is actually nefarious and that he would like do something to cover up a crime. It's all about cover up, right? And it's all about here's this guy who's out of control, who lucked us all down unnecessarily, who's this maniacal, um, you know, despotic dictator, (laughs) dictator Dan, who has got away with all of these crimes and um, he... Certainly didn't break his back falling down two stairs. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like. It just feels like, you know, personally, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Daniel Andrews, you know, like, but I don't like many politicians. So that's, you know, that's just me. But um, I actually feel like there are many potential things to criticise him on at this point. He's got a legacy of a lot of decisions that, um, you know, and a lot of funding choices that are, Personally, I don't agree with. They're probably not the same as the Herald Sun readers, but they're—I'm sure they could find some as well. You know, uh, why? Why are they going after these very personal attacks, which are about in you? It is about innuendo, and it's about fueling the fan, fueling the flames of of uh, misinformation and conspiracy. It's it's so irresponsible in this day and age. Yeah, and it it, it feels really similar to what they previously did a little bit of, but they're doing a lot more now, which is the steps, the steps from the accident. I couldn't um, believe that. When I saw that photo <laughs> on Friday, someone put it online and I'm like, oh, my God, thinking that it was just like a story online. And then when I was at the it looks the like an, It looks like a, a chaser or shovel headline. <laughs> when I was at the shop... I saw it on the actual newsstand and I actually squealed. I'm like, no, they're not doing it as a front page cover. Stop it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that one that one is one that a lot more conspiracy theories yes. actually exist about. They started online almost immediately in 2021 because we were in lockdown and yeah. there was a lot of conspiracy and it was all like, why has Daniel Andrews disappeared? You know, what really yeah. happened? And there's always been doubts about whether he actually fell down some stairs. Um, and so the Herald Sun is choosing to stoke those, to bring them back up now once mm. he's back at work. And this piece, it was a picture of the stairs, but then when you actually opened the piece, it also listed what some of the conspiracy theories were. It said, "Oh, you know, there's uh, no, there's no, none of these have been proven." But here are some of the things that people believe actually happened. And then you that's you got just shocking. I mean, the worst stuff. And and you know, I think you've got to be on Twitter for this because no one's actually watching it. But Sky News has taken this and run with it. And you know, Sky News they think they're Fox News. They think mm. they can do. You know, you get Peter Credlin or. Chris Kenny, like, talking direct to camera and asking, you know, just asking leading questions. Just asking I'm questions. Just, you know, you had Peter Credlin going, you know, if these stairs are so dangerous, why has nothing been done to rectify them? And she kept saying, these stairs, <laughs> oh which are God. about the length of a ruler, if you look, you know. Oh, my God. So they, they don't say, I'm not going to repeat the conspiracy theories about what actually happened to Daniel Andrews. They don't say those you know, generally they just keep, like, they don't say that's what happened. They just keep saying people think something a bit untoward happened and you be the judge. What do you think? And, I mean, what got me, my first thought when I saw that Herald Sun front page was who are they talking to? You know, like, yeah, like well, that's your the average thing. Victorian like, doesn't, that- doesn't buy into this. So they are speaking directly to some really unhinged people out there who are in the, you know, I hate Daniel Andrews forums and in the Telegram chats and whatever, and they're speaking to those people and they're taking their theories and putting them on the front page of a major newspaper and going, yeah, maybe well, there's something there. Well, also, I think that, you know, especially because, I mean, the the lighter side of it as well is like, 
what that probably what that photo does is actually got most people who have ever had a ridiculous accident mm. by tripping over a freaking leaf or a rock or a tiny bit of dirt are going to look at that and go shit yeah man that could do some that yeah could do i some mean damage those stairs there's been doctors and physios <laughs> coming out and saying yeah some of the worst back injuries actually come from steps like that like I, this is legitimately how people hurt themselves i compressed a disc in my spine by picking up my baby and I am not that unfit Um, but no absolutely I think that that's where the madness lies in this kind of like where does it end this sort of coverage from a you know especially when we've got such kind of um, concentrated media ownership in this country when what you're doing essentially and and they are you know this this kind of um, demographic that they're talking to that you're talking about they're still protesting every week in Melbourne for God knows what reason and this all this does is just rile them up even more and make them feel like hey if we push harder we will get heard and we will uh, you know this is right well we're on the right path this is true look it's even in the paper yeah and where where does that end I mean I I really, really worry about this stuff. And on Friday, I covered this, um, the cyclist accident story on Friday in my column before the steps, like before this got <laughs> to this crazy level. You must have been so bad when you saw that. I know, because yeah, I don't want to do it again. it been published, like, oh, no. Well, actually, the IBAC story dropped like half an hour after I published and I was like, damn. Um, it was a hot Friday but, in, in the first week of the election campaign. I mean, I wasn't going to cover it. I, I thought, you know, don't give this any, any airtime. But when I was doing my morning read of, of the papers, um, it was a couple of things. It was the fact that we also had the Nancy Pelosi, mm. the, the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband in the media mm. that week. I believe that it happened on the Monday. Mm. And we had an example right there of what happens when this like really gross stoking of conspiracy theories. And, you know, we've seen it in America. You literally have like Donald Trump endorsing QAnon theories and, mm. and Pizzagate and whatever else. And it, and this person who attacked Paul Pelosi was a conspiracy theorist. And mm. so all it takes is for one of these cookers well, to, you know, to go too far with this stuff. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound like an alarmist, but, uh, you know, I was really, I felt this way uh, about this time last year when we had them protesting in the city, um, you know, with nooses and, mm. you know, down for prison and, and you're seeing Liberal MPs saying that currently now because they think it's fun to, to say Dan for prison and stuff. But, you know, it's just when, when, so liberal, when liberal it's... politicians come along and just think, oh, it's fine to just push this on mm. a little bit and the Murdoch media thinks it's fine to put the steps on the front page. And then they influence each other to, to keep going. Yeah, and, going. and if something happens, it's going to be at the media and the coalition's feet. You know, but they won't take responsibility for it. Of course, they won't. They will just get more um, content out yeah, of it. Yeah, they really have no shame and no regard for what the consequences of their actions might be. I thought after the federal election coverage, where you know large swathes of the media got it quite wrong and were hell bent on, you know, really 
just focusing on or finding these gotcha moments um, and really pitting these personalities against each other in Morrison Albanese and, and really trying to, as soon as they saw any sign of weakness in Albanese, really going for it. And, and you know, there was a, there was a um, I remember there was like one article that brought up something that Albanese did like 30 years ago. Like, I thought after the result of the election where all of that stuff was pretty much ignored and demonstrated that actually that was not in step with, you know, the people who are presumably your audience and that's not what they want to, you know, it's not... It's not getting any traction. I thought that there might be some reflection, <laughs> but it's like a double down. Yeah, you know? I mean that's the thing. Like, the, it's so unlikely that the Liberals are going to win this election. So, what exactly is the Murdoch media trying to do? Everyone acknowledges that they're doing the steps and the accident because we're in an election campaign. But what are they hoping to achieve? Is it just to just to throw just enough muck, even even for people who don't buy into conspiracy theories. Just enough muck over the whole thing that they lose a couple of key seats and then have a tougher time. I think it's more they're just pushing for Daniel Andrews to bite because Mm. if he starts attacking the media, then they've got a a good public fight on their hands, you know? I think I wonder whether it's even something that simple and it's literally about – of course there is the the grander story about, you know, Murdoch has, you know, calls elections all the time and decides who they want to be in and blah, 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 blah. But I also think it's – at this level it's so base. It's like – where can we find, where can we push a story to happen because they're not it's it's not about informing people about their freaking candidates that's no, for sure. no i mean and that, what i would say though is that their attempts to have daniel andrews bite and he will like he he hits back at the media that's what he was doing with mm. paul sakal why mm. we got that whole afr yeah. piece but um with the stairs you know he came out on sunday and he said I don't even know what this story is about. You know, like, can someone explain it to me? And and it got laughs. You know, yeah. the, it, he got the media on side with that. Well, and I think he got. I think that piece actually got more people on Daniel Andrews' side mm. than anything else because it's just so ludicrous. It's just so mean. And and I think he, I think he, he had a great line, something about you can you can go into the stairs next, or you can you can roll around, be in the gutter and I'm not going to go that yeah, low. Yeah. And it's it, in a way it also plays into one of his great strengths as well, you know, that kind of um, being able to just dismiss someone so brutally mm. um, that it does make them look a bit silly because, uh, yeah, I can't, I'm not sure what the point is. <laughs> So um, in another in another kind of iteration of Australia just going with zero imagination, going straight to the American playbook, um, uh, there's an, there's some more kind of um, trans scare shock happening around the ABC um, via their daily storybook hour. Yeah, apparently, according to. Um, South Australian Liberal Senator Alex Antic. Now, mm. he he pops up a little bit. He's previously been in the media for anti-vax stuff. Um, he was one of the holdout MPs who wouldn't get vaccinated or said he hadn't been vaccinated. Um, but he has used Senate estimates 
to, as you say, really take a leaf out of the Republican playbook. Mm. And he used estimates where they were grilling the ABC over, you know, it's kind of just a ritual that the coalition gets the ABC before Senate estimates and just asks them dumb questions. How how often does this happen? (laughs) Too often. I I recently (laughs) tweeted that... um, that um, you know, because uh, you never you never really hear about David Anderson in the press. It's all about Ita. You know, she's mm. the public face of the ABC, and I'm like, here's this guy earning three times as much. You know, why aren't we why aren't we having to deal with him all the time, or why isn't he accountable? Now that I hear he gets dragged into Senate estimates, <laughs> has all to deal the with time, these people. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe he's earning <laughs> his money after all. So we've already alluded to him earlier <laughs> with being grilled about Louise Milligan, and mm. and you know she's tweeting about this story and she shouldn't be. She's defending herself. Um, he was also grilled by Antic, this uh, senator from South Australia. Yeah. And Antic wanted to bring up an, a particular story that I think um, you can maybe talk about because you've, you've got young ones. So you... Yeah, well, I mean, I often, and in fact, uh, even when they're not home, if I'm working from home, sometimes I might accidentally turn the TV on because I actually love the ABC Play School story time. (laughs) (laughs) Every day, you know, someone from like a public figure will read a book, you know, it could be Tony Armstrong, it could be Miff Warhurst. How it could lovely. be. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's, and it is any number of, um, public, Faces in Australia, they're not necessarily ABC people. They're, um, you know, quite often they are. Um, in fact, they probably all are now that I think about it because I think Courtney Act does that one, one – she did that one-to-one. Anyway, uh, I am going down a divergent path. But it's just it's, – it's they're not necessarily um, this, the, um, from, from the normal play school kind of cast. It's just someone reads a freaking book mm-hmm. and – Courtney Act, I did see it when she read one and it was a lovely little um, story about a girl who wanted to wear pants instead of a skirt and she read a storybook and that was that and the next day it was another celebrity. Yes, and Alex Antic decided to question the ABC over this and refer to it as grooming children. Um, right. Which... Oof. Shocking. I mean, it's lucky that... Green Senator Sarah Hansen Young was there to just immediately call it out. Yeah. Just, just didn't even. I mean, Senate estimates. <clears throat> excuse me. Senate estimates looks a lot like this. It's senators yelling over each other, but she was like, "That is offensive. Mm. That is offensive to victims of actual child sexual abuse. That is not at all what this story is." And it's just like, it's again back to conspiracy theories. Like this guy is a bit of a like conspiracy theorist, and he's referring to. ABC having a story about a girl wearing pants and let's real women do wear pants that's yeah that's it's not even a it's it's not even about the story's not even about cross-dressing because no it's girls do wear pants I've just looked it up it's called the spectacular suit and a girl rejects her mother's request to wear a dress on her birthday because she wants to wear the spectacular suit I mean this is just standard Kid stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. of course, I think I think Antic got exactly what he wanted because this mm. blew up and turned into a story, mostly because so many of us were so disgusted by... That's yeah, shocking, isn't it? ...what he was doing. Um, but, yeah, the questioning so went on and on and on. It's so to um, Courtney Act as well, you know, mm. who... Mm. who um, 
again, in, in terms of um, the relevance to to presenting this segment, is is a just is a pretty very well known public figure, you know, mm. and is on television all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is any time a drag queen on television now? "Quote unquote grooming." Like. Uh, it's so bad. I mean, again, to your point, it earlier it just plays into it's dog whistling, isn't it? Mm. It's dog mm. whistling of the worst kind, and you know, I, 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 it's just like, God, didn't we go through this with the federal election? The trans fright stuff just didn't work, you know. Yeah, we are as a country um, very surprisingly, or at least in that instance, proved us in, with when it comes to comes to Catherine Deves, proved ourselves to be better than that. She chimed in on this story, of course, of but course. I was pleased to see she doesn't really have any following. You know, she she tweeted it out, and it got. 200 likes or something like Mm. she's not she doesn't have an actual base that she's speaking to and nor does Alex Antic it's just it's just attention seeking it's Mm. just like what like ridiculous um thing can I do to be a a you know conservative leader in this space and get some get some headlines basically um, of course, the spectator has chimed in. Uh, boundaries that were previously accepted and commonplace are now eroded, creating conditions that evade safeguarding and leave children vulnerable to more nefarious predation. I mean, I, you know, um, Shane Jenick, who is, um, you know, Courtney Act is his alter, is the alter ego. Where does that leave them in terms of, I mean, we are very um, so wary of kind of defamation law in this country and all that sort of, and and that sort of thing. Surely this is an instance of associating someone's, someone publicly with the idea of of grooming children is so abhorrent simply for, you know, Dressing, you know, I, I even find the term cost dressing so stupid now because it's like it's just... It's just dressing. It's just wearing what you freaking want to wear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just being who you want to be. I mean, I think we talked about this earlier as well and everything everything seems to relate, but the idea of suing over this, you know, you'd just be bringing more attention to yeah, it. It's course. a dumb attention-seeking It's the Streisand stunt. effect. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's almost what Antic wants. And, it, and you know... We've seen in this country again and again people sue for defamation, but you actually then associate that person with the thing that they have sued for defamation yeah. for. Um, yeah, and you know. it costs so much and it's just stupid. Yeah. On that note, thank you so much, Rachel Withers, for coming in. Thank you for having Spin me. On Spin Cycle for the full hour. I've loved your company. Please do join us again. I will. I uh, live just up the road, so. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Be, reg- be a regular. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us every week on your favourite podcast platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Nadge Samble, at Lily Juice, and at The Shuffle Diary. You can also listen in at rrr.org.au via On Demand for the radio version of the show. Want to support Spin Cycle? Become a Triple R subscriber. Your subscription helps keep the station running and helps Triple R produce and create great radio and podcast content like this.